Good afternoon, Howie. How are you? I'm great, Jason. It's uh, always awesome to see you and talk with you. You too. too. So glad to have you on today. Uh, Let's get right into it. I know you have a lot to talk about like we always do. So let's kick off. How if you just uh, introduce yourself to the audience, who you are, where you are in the world, and anything else you'd like to share to kick us off? Sure. Um, My name is Howie Craw. I uh, have a podcast called How We Doing It. I also do a live daily video every morning, Monday to Friday at uh, 7 a.m. on Facebook Live. And uh, you can also find me at, you know, various times pre-pandemic speaking on the How We Doing It brand. And during the pandemic, I've come out of it now as a certified health coach. So. Yeah, lots going on. Yeah, very cool. Uh, well, I want to kick off the episode a little bit different than we normally do. And actually, um, you mentioned podcasting. So I want to share this with the audience. So Howie and I have known each other for a year and a half now. We met through a speaking program. But today, I actually want to talk a little bit about a really unique and memorable experience that you and I had a couple months ago. Actually, it was beginning of March. So um, I was honored that Howie asked me to be on his show. Sneak peek, the uh, episode comes out uh, the first week in June, I believe. So um, you're going to hear me on Howie's show talking about some things. And we actually did a podcast on March 11th in New York City. And I remember we had breakfast that morning, um, had a great discussion. Then we went to a studio and did the podcast the um, the night before you'd gone to a concert, which you can share about that in a minute. And it was just when things were like, hey, the city started to get a little more quiet. Coronavirus was a thing, but it wasn't really um, it wasn't really the thing yet. And we had an interesting conversation in the podcast. And I'll, I don't know how about you, but that felt that feels like years ago. And it was not even three months ago. It was, I guess it was two. It was two and a half months ago. Uh, we're recording this episode today at the end of May, and it just feels like a feels like eternity to me. What it, what strikes you about that day, or what do you remember about that experience? So I I got into New York on March 10th. I was in Washington, D.C., and I had meetings that morning in D.C., and we started talking a little bit about coronavirus, but, you know, just a little. And then I actually took a bus to New York City because I was in Bethesda and it was convenient to just jump on the bus. And people were starting to talk about it on the bus, and I got out, and things seemed normal. And that night, I actually went to see a Allman Brothers reunion concert at Madison Square Garden. And right at around five o'clock, a bunch of people that we were supposed to meet up with canceled. They started to get concerned. They were coming in from outside the city. And so I think at that moment, they started talking about the NCAAs playing without people in the stands. I remember that. And then I think there was a a, a basketball game that the Nets, right, that the Nets were going to play a game without fans. So now everybody started to think like, well, how are they going to have a concert in Madison Square Garden if they already said that the Net game later in the week? But I don't know. Call me naive. Call me dumb. I didn't know that it was what it was. So I took my son and we met our friends and there were probably 30 of us still. And we went to the garden and it it was business as usual in the garden. I would say it was sold out, 
but maybe 90% of the people there, maybe 10% weren't. And it was an unbelievable tribute concert. And when we left, I remember going to a hotel in Tribeca and the rates that day, like were they were giving the rooms away. It was a yeah. really nice hotel. And when I got in, I asked for a bottle of water. They said, wow, you could have a lot of water. And I said, why is that? They said, we only have like 20% occupancy. Everybody's fleeing the city. And it dawned on me, wow, I had a busy day Wednesday. So is that day going to happen? Well, I woke up Wednesday and everybody canceled everything. Yeah. So I was going to leave the city and come back to South Florida. But I had a doctor's appointment on Thursday for my surgery on my foot, a checkup. So I wanted to get that appointment in. So I, I took the train up to 72nd and 1st from Tribeca. Literally, no one was on the train. Like, yeah. This is weird. And went to the doctor. He started talking about it. I started talking about it. Went and met my son in Midtown. I took an Uber to Midtown because after my conversation with the doctor, it's like, I'm not going on a subway. Yeah. And I remember, like, I don't want to take an Uber, not because of the money. I don't want to sit in a car for 40 minutes to meet my son on 44th and 3rd. That's what would normally happen in the yeah. middle of a busy day. So I hit up the Uber thing and it says, you'll be there in eight minutes with $6. And I'm like, no, this is broken. So I got a lift. It's the same thing. So I hit one and we just, there was no traffic. It was like everybody vanished. Yeah. So that night we went out for a little bite to eat in Tribeca. And now I go back into the hotel. They go, how much more do you want tonight? We're down to like, 5%. I said, well, I'm getting out of here in the morning. And I do my How We Doing It lives. I look back. I did them from my room. Yeah. Which I don't normally do that. I'm a, I love to go outside. So I hope that wasn't long-winded. But the experience of being on the subways, being in New York City in a hotel, and then the airport leaving on Friday the 13th. I left on Friday the 13th. It seems like years ago. It does. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. That was that's crazy. Um, <clears throat> yeah, well, let's uh, thank you for sharing that, Howie. Let's get into the let's get into the interview today. And I don't think we're going to be talking about coronavirus because there's a lot of podcasts that are talking about coronavirus. I think we're probably not going to talk about that today. We're talking about some a lot of other fun stuff. So um, let's do it. So qu let's first question it. for you: What's something that you nerd out about? You know, I, I love live sports and live music. So uh -oh. we'll just talk live music because, yeah. you know, I, I quote lyrics of songs all the time. And, you know, a group like The Grateful Dead, I, I, I have this book that I look at. And, you know, you just take a song and it has four or five verses or chorus. And they'll have eight pages of why they chose each word and what it means. And somebody here, how we doing it, who speaks to gratitude and being grateful and resilience and discipline and repetition, it's in all their words and music. So, uh, you know, I would say that I really, I can't be in a room without music being on, a car, when I'm running and I'm walking. I love when I'm not listening to your podcast, I listen to music. Yeah, well, of course, you listen to my podcast first. And then the Grateful Dead. Well, that, that just makes sense to me. Of course. Yeah. 
Well, that's um, it's interesting that two things that you nerd out about are two things that are literally not available right now. I'm a I'm a bit I'm also a big um, I'm a big music guy, not a Grateful Dead fan. I appreciate it. Not my cup of tea. Big Almond Brothers fan, those we've talked about. And I'm also a huge live sports person. So I am. Uh, OK, Howie, got another yes. question for you. Next question. What's something that's inside of your comfort zone? that might be outside someone else's? So, you know, the first thing that probably comes to mind is public speaking, because I feel really comfortable speaking to groups, audiences, crowds. I mean, I I actually enjoy it. And when people, I hear it from so many people that that's something that they're just so frightened of. And I never really understand that because for me, I enjoy it. I feel comfortable doing it. And uh, it's actually something I really like to do. Yeah. Um, When you said I never understood that, meaning that you don't understand why it would be scary for people? Or like, what do you mean by that when you say uh, you don't really understand that? Because it's never been a fear of mine. So maybe I shouldn't have said that because I respect people's feelings. And I know that everybody thinks about things differently. But for me, it's something that's always been easy from a young age to be able to get up in front of a crowd and you know, be able to tell stories or send a message. That is something that's never bothered me. Yeah, gotcha. Well, I, I know you pretty well. You were, you were quite the extrovert, so that does not surprise me. <laughs> that's why we know <laughs> one another. Yeah. And, and you're also a you know, salesperson for a long time, which we'll get into later. Um, so yeah, that, that's super cool. And I, I agree that you have no problem standing up and delivering a message, which is awesome, including every single morning, at 7 yeah. a.m. Eastern on Facebook, on Facebook, which is super cool. So how, yeah, like, give you a plug for that. So opposite, what's something that is outside your comfort zone that might be inside somebody else's? So, you know, I've been sitting trying to write a book for a while. And it's not easy sitting quietly, staring at the computer screen and really writing. And it's taking me longer than I want. I am able to come up with the reasons why and the rationalization. So I sell myself on it's okay. But some people could sit down and they write and it comes easy to them or they love doing it. So whereas I'm a talker, not as much as a writer, although I do put content together every day from my live videos and you know we do the work we do for our podcast but it's taking me longer to finish my book than I would have liked and I just need to really sit down and hold myself accountable to a certain amount of time every day every week every month so I could get it over the finish line yeah i will not make you commit to a release date on the podcast today no <laughs> That is also something that is very much outside my comfort zone, nor do I want to do. So kudos to you for doing it, because I would, writing a book is not my idea of a good time. No, it's hard. It's definitely, it's a different for people like you and I that like to express through conversation, talking. It's just, it's, it's a different mean of getting the message across. And it's, for me, it's challenging. Yeah. No, I totally get that. That's a good point. Like I love, Excuse me. I love um, video speaking, 
having podcasting, having conversations with people, right? The written word is, I like to read the written word. I do not like to do it myself, which I'm realizing is actually okay. There's a lot of ways to express yourself. And uh, I'm sure your book will be great. I'm, I'm excited to read it when it comes out. And maybe we'll, maybe we'll do another podcast when it comes closer to out and you'll, you can commit to a date for us. Yeah. You know, how do you like this for a name? I don't know that this is it. How we do anything is how we do everything. Yeah. I mean, that's, um, <clears throat> that's actually a really common thing in coach. That's actually something when I learned in, through coaching as well, through coach training is how you, it, um, it's that how you do anything is how you do everything. And also where it's showing up in one place in your life, it likely is showing up in other places in your life. Like if you're having a relationship challenge with somebody at work, it's likely you've got relationship challenges elsewhere in your life too, or money issues or whatever it is. Like it, it's likely that to be a recurring thing throughout your life. Right. And it's a play on Howie. So rather than H-O-W-W-E, it's H-O-W-I-E. How yeah. we do anything is how we do everything. Just well, to throw they- out. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm far from a title at this point. <laughs> cool, cool. All right. So you were mentioning speaking, something you love doing. I've seen you speak. You're great. You do it all the time. This might be a bit of a challenge for you, but um, the question I have for you is, or the, I'm giving you a scenario. You've got five minutes and you get to deliver a speech to at the, ent- the entire world gets to hear it. What would you give your speech on and why? You know, I like, I like to talk on the subject of resilience. You know, at an early age, I was run over by a bus. I was told I'd never walk again. And then I went on to not only learn how to walk, but I learned how to run marathons, triathlons, half Ironmans. So if I had five minutes, I would want to talk to people about the mental mindset of not giving up, of being disciplined, of holding yourself accountable, giving yourself goals that are attainable so that you could live your best life, be the best version of you. And I think so many times people want things. They want to get on the top of the mountain, but they're not willing to put in what it takes to get there. And if you go interview the people that get to the top of the mountaintop, they're all going to say the same thing. If you ask them, how did you get here? They were all at the bottom. They just didn't stop. They just kept going and they had a vision. They had a dream. They had a want. They had a goal. They had problems along the way too. Life is not fair. It's not, it's not easy. It's this nobody's unscathed from the issues and problems of life. And how bad do you want it? So I would love to give a speech to help people feel hopeful that it's in their control that they can change the way things are. If they just come up with a plan, hold themselves accountable, exercise discipline, exercise resilience, and really go after it with a, with a vengeance and a, and a purposeful way so that they could get whatever it is, like you just said a minute ago, whether it's a better relationship, more in finances, better with their health. And that's a big one, too. I would want in that message to deliver of all the things in the world that we talk about, nothing is more important than your health. And it's in our control to do with it what we want to do. So, you know, when, when we are, there are things that are out of our control. You can't control the weather, right? Tomorrow, you don't know what the weather's going to be. 
You hope it's going to be something. And, you know, you just mentioned Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods. They planned that thing for weeks or months. The one day they planted it, it never rains here. It rained sideways that day. You can't plan that. The weather is out of your control. So when we take care of our health, you could get unlucky and certain things happen. Granted, my heart breaks for that. But there are so many things that we can avoid or prevent or do better. So all these messages of resilience and toughness and accountability and repetition, those would be wrapped into a five-minute speech to help people become the healthiest version because on a healthy body sits a healthy mind. And when you have those two in sync, really great things can happen in your career, your finances, and your relationships. Beautiful. I feel like you actually gave us a bit of that speech. It was really cool. I, and I, I, I'm not sure if that's something you rehearsed or if it's you're just kind of speaking from the heart there, but that was very powerful. So thank you. Yeah, that's from the heart. It's just a little bit of what we try and deliver every day on how we do in its lives. You know, whether, you know, we just, we just talk about things that all really come back to those things. Yeah, very cool. All right, Howie. Love to hear your journey to what's led us to here, um, to this point in your life here at the end of May, 2020. What you're up to now, what you're up to in the past. And uh, yeah, just a chance for you to share anything you'd like to about your life and what you think the audience would want to know about you. Wow. So, you know, we don't have enough time. Uh, my, like I said, I'm writing a book. My life has been pretty interesting. So born in New York City, had a really, really traumatic event as a child at 13 years old, run over by a school bus. Lucky they were able to save my leg. Um, told me I'd never walk again. We got through that, learned how to walk, learned how to run used the mindset, used resilience, did marathons, continue to do them, triathlon. So I learned at a very early age, never give up. And that has always served me well. My professional career did a bunch of things in early on the entertainment industry, but then found Wall Street, had a great run on Wall Street for a little bit over two decades, working with Lehman Brothers and Morgan Stanley. Uh, if that wasn't good enough, I had to do better. So I went into private equity. And then unfortunately, with the demise of Lehman Brothers in the late 2008, 2009, things got, you know, really, really um, hard. Uh, a lot of our investments went underwater. And during that time, I got married, had three children, raising a family, moved out of New York, Washington, D.C., uh, a Maryland, Bethesda, Maryland is where I raised my three children. And then I went back into, you know, I was always involved with startups, took companies public, private equity, trading the public markets. And I went back into that world after, you know, the, the private equity, I went back to the trading side. And in September of 2018, that's when I stepped away from it all. And that's when you and I met. That's when I started to think about a career in public speaking. A business opportunity took me from Washington, D.C. to South Florida, where we're, I'm, I'm here now. Still have trouble calling this home. New York's always going to be my home, even though I lived in uh, D.C. for you know, two decades. And I came down here, helped build a company, sold the company, and 
I was again, what am I going to do? So I continued to pursue this public speaking passion of mine, creating this brand, How We Doing It, which speaks about resilience. And between the podcast, between the daily videos, I started to get some traction. And literally, right before the pandemic, I had just seen you coming out of like two countries and 14 airports and four states. And I was telling you that my speaking career was getting going. But, you know, we talked about it and it takes a while, but it was happening. And we talked about my love for health and wellness. And, you know, I'd love to incorporate more of that in my life. And then literally the week after I left you, I'm home from the, you know, stay at home. And I was familiar with a program that my sister had gone on five years ago, took off a significant amount of weight. She had a coach and she kept it off. That was the impressive part. So I had reached out to some people at the company and I got in touch with somebody who was just recently on my podcast. His name is JC Dornick. And so if anybody goes to How We Doing It and wants to hear a little bit about my health journey, it's right there in that podcast. So I, I spent a lot of hours in that second or, th- or third week at stay at home, and I, I, I got to learn everything I needed to learn. And at the same time, I put myself on the program to get to optimal health and transformation of habits and mental toughness and just everything that I talk about. Um, and so feeling really good in the, the results of how easy it was, you know, as a marathon runner and, you know, being a little bit older now, it's hard to lose that last 10 pounds. It's really hard. And so I went on the program and I quickly lost, you know, more than that in a very short time frame in a system that was deliverable and easy to follow. And I said, God, I would love to coach with this because I know so many people battle with their weight. And not only when their weight is out, it's something, it usually gets in the way of all their mental health too. So it was a great thing. So I quickly, during the pandemic, put on my health coach hat, got involved with the company and enrolled through them in a program through Villanova University to get my certification and become a health coach. So during the pandemic, I come and I use the time to add another tool to my tool belt where I talk about resilience, but now I was talking to companies, I was talking to salespeople, I was talking to organizations. I now have a vehicle to talk to individuals, people, one-on-one, like what you do. And Mm -hmm. the rewards of it in these first months that I'm doing it now, a month and a half, it's unbelievable helping people pick up healthy habits, being able to deliver them, a system that works with coaching, I'm beyond passionate. I'm beyond excited. And um, I'm feeling a level of energy that I haven't really had in a while. So to be able to do something and help, help others and see results and, and the rewards that come from it is where I am today. Yeah. Thanks, Howie. Man, that's, a, that's an incredible journey from high end. You know, I'm, I'm picturing you, and, and, and for the audience, you'll see when we do the artwork for the episode that Howie. I'm just going to pick on you a little bit. No longer has his hair, but I'm picturing you back in, I don't know, I'm picturing like Wolf of Wall Street days, killing the game in the finance industry, um, the Lehman Brothers, the 
Morgan Stanley, kind of like the heyday of Wall Street. And to take you from to take from that world into what you're doing today is a pretty phenomenal journey. So thank you for sharing that. You know, Jason, I think what's good for the audience to know too, when I was living that world, living in a, you know, a home that you see on television, in a lifestyle that you dream of, uh, it was such excess. My life is so much simpler now. And, you know, unfortunately, my marriage didn't survive all the craziness of all of that. But we have, you know, amazing children. We'll get to that later. But I think it's important for people to know you could get to the top of the mountain, but you could also get kicked back down to the bottom. And it starts all over again. So it just will be different. As I climb back up the mountain, I don't want those things from excess. I don't need them. They didn't serve me well, but I was a product of an environment. That's how we measured ourselves. And it got out of control and out of hand. And, you know, that's why I'm not like, you know, jumping to watch billions. And you mentioned Wolf of Wall Street. I think it's some of the greatest acting in Jonah Hill and Leonardo, but the people and the characters behind that are despicable. And uh, that's another whole podcast episode, how, you know, the injustice of what they got away with and get, you know, and made a movie and, you know, whatever. Don't, yeah. I don't want to get started. <laughs> Maybe that, that's for another episode. Well, thanks for sharing that, Howie. So I'm going to take the spotlight off of you for a few minutes and put it on me. And this is the part of the show where my guests get to ask me anything. And I don't know if you've thought about anything in advance. You just want to come off the cuff with this. but. Howie, the offer to you is to ask me anything. So what would you like to know? Or what would you like me to answer for you and for the audience? So Jason, one of the things that drew you and I together, uh, there were a lot of things, but you know, you have this good old boy from Minnesota, the Midwest, Midwest yep. values. And yep. one of the things I love, you moved to Brooklyn and we bonded over Brooklyn, but you moved to a different Brooklyn than what I grew up in. Yeah, there are some pieces of the old Brooklyn left, but we talked about that. And I always was like, wow, the kid from Minnesota lives in Brooklyn. And now I'm going to ask you a current question. Yes. The pandemic comes and you move upstate to a town where I think there's 400 residents that live there. And you're yes. 20 minutes from the biggest town with 4,000 people, and you judge <laughs> yes. it by there's a Walmart, so it arrived. How are you doing? How do you feel having made that transition from Brooklyn and the city to yeah. the country? Yeah, uh, I'll be totally honest and transparent with you. I'm feeling fantastic about it because um, we were back in Brooklyn. I was back in Brooklyn a few weeks ago and New York is just not the is it New York currently is not the New York that I moved to I um I had this moment so I got up really early at like 6 a.m. and I took a walk around our neighborhood and I had this it was the first time I really felt, felt this profound sense of grief and I was like not sure why and then I realized I was like grieving New York City as it is right now. It was um 
you know, we live near a park and that park usually has hundreds of people running in it, walking in it. If there was 5% of the normal population out there, I would be shocked. And then I went up to uh, one of the main thoroughfares, walked up where it gets busy uh, near the Brooklyn Bridge. That's called Court Street in Brooklyn. Um, lots of activity, like legal activity, lots of the Board of Education is there. Like it's a very, you know, it's like Fulton Street. I'm sure you've been there. It's a very yeah, yeah, busy exactly area. exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, it's a very busy area normally. And I was there at 830 in the morning and there was nobody there. And uh, my friend Jim said something to me uh, about a month back that really stuck with me. He said, all the reasons I love New York City are not available right now. So I like New York City for the people. And yes, there's a lot of people in New York City, but everybody's, for the most part, in their apartment most of the time. I'm one of the few people. I like riding the subway. I don't really like driving. So riding the subway for me is actually a treat to be able to like get on, um, listen to a podcast, read the paper, whatever, play a game on my phone and not have to worry about actually driving anywhere. Um, bars, restaurants, entertainment, concerts, sports, all those things, they're just non-existent. So, to be, so the answer to your question is, I'm delighted to be out of the city right now. And I'm also recognized that I'm very fortunate that I have the opportunity to do so. So I feel um, very fortunate to, to not be in New York City right now. And uh, I'm actually really enjoying the countryside. And it's nice to have the space. I do miss people for sure. I miss all the things I do in the city, like guitar lessons and improv classes and said going to concerts and all the fun stuff that I love to do. Uh, I miss going into WeWorks and working out of the WeWork and having lots of other people around. But I, uh, I, I feel I feel good right now because I don't that none of those things are available. Now, when when things start coming back to normal, which, you know, my opinion, and unfortunately, and here we are talking about coronavirus, <laughs> which I think we we're talking, we're not going to talk about coronavirus. As I mentioned at the beginning, but this is a good topic. Um, I don't know when New York's going to be back to normal. It doesn't seem like it can really go back to the way things were until uh, there's a vaccine because it's just impossible in New York City to social distance. You can't social distance on the subway. It's that simple. You can't really social distance in any effective way on a crowded street. Um, so, yeah, like I'm feeling good. I'm doing well. I'm, I feel like I'm thriving during this time and it's helping me think about uh, I don't have to commute anymore. So there's no more. I don't have to commute. So my commute is walking down and doing my work from, you know, like my, my office and uh, not having to drive anywhere, not have to drive back and forth from New York City to the country. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing well with it. And I'm also grieving for New York City. And I'm excited to see things get back to normal there and be back in the city as soon as we can. Yeah, you know, you get, you know what you said was, you know, I pictured you going out early in the morning. And you used the word grieving and it actually gave me the chills because you know me, I am a, you know, I love that place. And as I'm sitting here in my office, looking at the art on my walls, 80% of it has a reference to New York. And one of the things that we all love about it is the energy. And you know, that song back in the New York groove. And, and that, 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 I remember when my son, when we were living in D.C., he said whenever he got off the train and came up the escalator at Penn Station, he put on New York City Groove back in the groove. And you just got that energy. So, yeah, it's going to take a while. But all right, we will not talk about that. But I'm glad to hear that you and your girls are doing great in the country. Yeah. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Good question.
All right, Howie, what are you passionate about? It's a great question. You know, for a long time, I asked myself that, and I think I'm finding. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, well, obviously, you know, music, love, love, love music, but I think health. I really think wellness and health is, I'm, I'm passionate about it because there are things that we can do to feel better. And when you feel better, everything's better. The air you breathe is better. The way you walk is better. The way you have conversations with people. So I'm really passionate these days about my health, about helping other people with their health. And it's such a cool thing when you could help people. So I'm passionate about health and wellness. What is it specifically about health and wellness that you're passionate about? The way it makes me feel. Mm-hmm. So if, if I'm a car and I need to, you know, get tune-ups and I need to take care of it, or you can let it turn into a jalopy, mm-hmm. I want to be a shiny car. I want to be a car that when you get in it, it feels great to be in it. The music's playing. It's clean. You're proud of it. It gets you to where you want to go and you enjoy the ride. So I'll go back to music a minute. Enjoying the ride, another line from the dead. So it's all about, you know, you know, mental health, you know, timestamp. We're here in the end of May. This is Mental Health Awareness Month. And, you know, right now, anxiety and depression, everything we said is at record levels. I know a lot of it, you know, it's it's there and it's hard. But if you put the work in, I believe. You could fix pieces of your car that are broken. Maybe you won't have a perfect show car, but you could have one that leads you to a better life, a better drive. And you know, in my How We Doing a Brand, we talk about four buses. So the buses that we talk about are career, money, health, and relationships. Who doesn't want to love their career? Who doesn't want to be financially secure not to worry? Who doesn't want to live in optimal health? And who doesn't want to experience love and great relationships? Yeah, absolutely. But they all take work. They don't happen just because you want them. Cool. Thank you so much. Thanks for sharing that. Um, Next question for you. And I'm uh, actually in my mind, I'm like, I think I know what he's going to say. But I'm going to come in curiously because I may I may not be correct about that. So, Howie, what's the thing that you're most proud of? You probably guessed right because you know me. My three children. Yeah. It's hands down, not even close. Uh, we are beyond close. You know, my sons, Max is 26. My daughter, Natalie, 25. And Claudia, 22. Uh, best friends with them. We, you know, we just enjoy being together. We go to live music concerts together, sporting events, restaurants, but we're going to make plans and all get together. I did have one of my, you know, my youngest and they're thriving. They're doing great. They're all Mm -hmm. in their careers and um, they're, they're passionate about what they're doing. That's the coolest thing. They're all doing what they're passionate about. My son's in commercial real estate in New York, so he's going to learn now what it's like to be on the other side because it was all a bull market. My daughter Mm -hmm. is getting two master's degrees, one in MBA and one in environmental sciences. She's at the University of Colorado Boulder. Couldn't Mm -hmm. be a better place for her to live. She's all about organic. She's vegan. She works for a great vegan company called 
good karma. And I only had to plug that because of the name. What a great name. She belongs in a place with good karma. And my youngest has always, since she's four years old, we bought her an overhead projector. She always wanted to be a teacher. She now is a teacher in the Denver public school system. Nice. So, so they're all thriving. I wish we all lived closer, but maybe that happens one day. Yeah, exactly. And at some point, flying will be back to normal, and you can go see them, and they can come see you. So I took my daughter. Up, oh, we're not doing it. I was just saying, I took my daughter to the airport last Sunday. Yeah, ghost town. I'm not going there though. Ghost town. Yeah, I can imagine. Cool. Well, and it, it was funny when you because I was thinking about like everybody I have on the show who's a parent. That's always the thing. Is always the what's the thing you're most proud of is, is always their children. It's 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 I would say of all the parents I've had on the show, every single one has said that the thing they're most proud of is their children. Yeah, it's the best. It's it's Makes incredible. Sense. Yeah, Makes you sense. you 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 know, you you're experiencing it as a dad. It's yeah, great. yeah. <laughs> as a four year old, you're like you're just proud that they're alive and they're your kid because they haven't really done much yet, other than. Like just what I'm proud of is how much fun my daughter's having. Yeah. She's having a blast, which is which is awesome because that's what I'm committed to as well. Right. All right. Another question for you. Something a little more introspective. Uh, maybe something to maybe something to have you dig a little bit. So, what's something that you're afraid might actually be true about you? You know, as much as I speak to all of this discipline, I'm really hard on myself that sometimes. I can't bring that discipline, like to the book, that I do with other things that come so naturally and easy. Mm-hmm. So how is it that I can be so disciplined in some areas of my life, but yet not be in others? So what does that say about me? Am I really as disciplined as I might say, or am I just so driven? So sometimes I'm really hard on myself because. I just am getting in a groove with meditation, but I've been wanting to get into a groove with meditation for a couple of years now. I start, I stop, I start, I stop. I have a really good routine going these last few months. So if I look at it and I ask myself, you know, then I question, you know, am I, or you just, maybe you just can't be disciplined at every aspect of your life. Like Jack Daly is, you know, maybe that's the anomaly and that we're really not that wired to be able to do it in 40 different categories, maybe doing it in a lot of them, but I'm hard on myself. So I think I should be able to do it in everything that I do. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's. That's thought provoking. I've never thought about that before. I'm sure there's I'm sure there's lots of studies around discipline and commitment. And also the thing that I heard in that is also um excuse me, is there and you see this a lot with clients is the idea that they should be doing something mm. and they don't actually have a strong commitment to it, or they don't have a what for for themselves. It's like something that it's external that's motivating them. And Maybe and, and like this could be for you or for me or for anybody. There's actually a disconnect between what they're committed to and what they think they should do. Yeah. And then it's like, well, I'm not disciplined about writing the book. I think you want to write a book, uh, but maybe there's something that you're feeling like you're undisciplined about, and you actually don't want to do it, and you feel like you should do it, and therefore, like it's easy to be undisciplined in that case. And maybe that's actually okay. 
because you're not committed to it anyway. I mean, I know this, I know this is true for me in certain areas of my life too, is I'm not that disciplined in certain areas. And I, when I take a close look at it, it's because I'm just not that committed. Yeah. So I had Tamsin Astor on, she's a doctor, multiple mm-hmm. degrees. She's amazing. And her book is called force of habit. And she taught me that day and I used it for a while that we need to stop shooting on ourselves. Yeah, and totally. We should on ourselves all the time. And it's so true what you said. Like, let's just say tomorrow somebody said, you know, you should get into um, paddle boarding and you should paddle board every day because the water is great and it's beautiful. You should, you should, but maybe I don't want to paddle board. Maybe right. that's not something I have any interest in. But they <laughs> work on me, but they keep telling me how beautiful it is. So then I'm looking and I see people paddleboarding. I'm like, God, am I lazy? Why aren't I doing this? Why I should be paddleboarding. But I went for a run that morning. I'm doing what I like to do. I'm reading a book. I'm listening to music. And and you could really get caught up in the shooting. And when you start shooting on yourself all the time, you can't recognize your wins either. Because you're so full of shooting on yourself. So this book's written on stop shooting on yourself. I might have to use that in our show notes because I I love that term. I use that a lot. I didn't know that was from her, but I will definitely give her credit for that. That's cool. I would love to make the introduction. She would be great for your podcast. I'd love to have her on. Yeah. That sounds fantastic. We talk all the time. You know how long it takes to create a habit? Uh, more than 21 days is what I'm understanding. Yeah. I've so seen something recently. Yeah. Minimum 30 and up to a year. And I've heard from the program where I just did the coaching and certification, 66 days. 66 so we, days. Yeah. I can yeah. see that. Yeah. So that's amazing. So what, what she talks about, instead of stop shooting on yourself for what you should do, break a bad habit and give yourself credit. Stop doing something you shouldn't do. Everybody always wants to add what they should do. You know, so how about just what you shouldn't do? And we got plenty of right. what we shouldn't do. Sure. But they're usually not positive. Correct. When, and the, the ideas that shouldn't do is also things that can be very positive that you shouldn't do. Yeah. Like making okay. the choice or saying no to things that you're just not interested in or committed to. You know, I think we Love overcommit that. too. I think people overcommit. Yeah. And maybe now, because we've had more time to reflect and reset, and not been out in the in the wild, we our plates maybe didn't get as full as they normally would. Yeah, no, I agree. Very cool, very cool. Uh, so, Howie, wrapping up for today in a, in a few minutes, wanted to see if you'd share with us your general your general philosophy on life. And what I mean by this is, what's the lens that you see the world through? How do you like to operate? What do you see? You know, what? Yeah, like how do you operate in life? From a place of gratitude, something that I try and do is before I step my foot on the ground every morning, I don't look at my technology and I just take a moment and think about what I'm grateful for. It takes a lot of work to forget about what happened in the rearview mirror. You know, been plenty of mistakes, plenty of things I wish I could do over, but you can't. You can only learn from them. So I try and win the day. I try and start by getting up with good, healthy habits, follow through all day, doing things from a place of caring, communicating, connecting, and and really 
just try and show up in the world being nice. And it, it's, it's a big difference. And I, I look through that lens because over these last couple of years since I met you, Jason, mm-hmm. I have met, as you have, as we have met one another and some of the most incredible people that are like-minded and they're really yeah. good, good people with good intentions doing really good things in the world. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm blessed to have friends for decades upon decades upon decades that are, are, are like brothers and sisters and family. But to think at this stage of my life that I would make these meaningful connections with like-minded people, I don't think it's a coincidence. Yeah. I think it's because of the way that you and I show up in the world. I mean, I'm going to pay you a compliment. During the pandemic, I said I wouldn't talk about it again, but early <laughs> on, you're a techie. You gravitated to Zoom. You invited people. I met people through you from Mumbai and Australia and China. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm in Zoom rooms learning about, you know, things. And I don't, you know, it's just, you network, you put yourself out there, you don't have an agenda, you just introduce your community to other communities. And mm-hmm. you know what? You MSH, you make shit happen. <laughs> Thanks, Howie. Thanks, Howie. It's been, uh, well, it's, it's my pleasure. I, I, uh, one of the things I'm most committed to is connection and fun. And I love to connect. I like to connect, I like to connect with like-minded people. And I also like to connect people that I know in my networks to each other. So I'm glad you've seen value for that. And thank you for the, thank you for the shout out. You're All right, welcome. Howie, where can the audience find you? Where can they connect with you, learn more about you? Like you mentioned, you have a podcast, you have a Facebook live every day. Give us the deets on all the, all the places they can connect with you. Sure. So my name is Howie Craw. My last name is spelled K-R-A. You could follow me on LinkedIn under that. You could follow me on, the fa- on Facebook under that. But the brand is how we doing it. H-O-W-I-E-D-O-I-N-I-T. Go to howwedoingit.com. Sign up for a weekly newsletter. If you, do, if you want to go to howwedoingit.com to access my podcast or learn more about me, go to my speaker page. It's all there at the howwedoingit.com. You can watch me on Facebook Live every morning at 7 a.m. on How We Doing It on Facebook. So there's a Facebook page, How We Doing It, H-O-W-I-E-D-O-I-N-I-T, on Facebook, 7 o'clock. But if you can't make it live, that's fine, too. It sits there all day, every day. And, you know... (laughs) We try to keep them to four or five minutes, but during this period of time, um, we've been going a little bit longer. People seem to have a little bit more time. We've brought some music into it. Um, we're having fun with it. And it's also serious and there's great messages. And then I'm on Instagram as well. And, but you can really find me at howwedoingit.com. Awesome. I was thinking to myself, the audience listening, like, 7 a.m., what? Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, 7 a.m.? I happen to be up at that time, but I know a lot of people aren't. But yeah, absolutely. It's it's great content. It's really fun. As you could probably already tell from here, just to give you a shout out, Howie is a very likable, very entertaining, committed to fun, committed to excellence guy with great stuff to share. So yeah, definitely check him out on Howie, on Howie doing it on Facebook and everywhere else, which I will, of course, also add to the show notes here. So you don't have to remember all this. You can click right in the show notes and see it. 
So Howie, yeah. I want to thank you so much for being on today. It's been an absolute pleasure to connect with you, have the audience get to know you like I know you. And last thing for us, love if you would leave us with some words to wisdom. And the words to wisdom should fit on, for the older folks, a post-it note. That's a piece of paper with a little bit of stickiness on the back of it. Yep. And for the newer folks or younger folks, and I'm being a little facetious here, we all know what post-it notes are, um, fit on an Instagram graphic post. What would you like to leave the audience with in terms of words to wisdom? It's, it's a cliche, but I love it. And, you know, I used it. My father gave it to me when I was in the hospital and they told me I'd never walk again. Don't ever give up. Don't ever give up. Awesome, Howie. Thank you so much. I'm sure we'll be in touch soon. And I wish you the very best in everything you're up to. Thanks for listening to another episode of Talking to Cool People with me, Jason Frizzell. Enjoyed today's episode? Please tell your friends, give us a shout out and a follow on Facebook and Instagram, and take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes. If something from this episode has piqued your interest and you'd like to connect about it, please email us at podcast at jasonfrizzell.com. We love hearing from our listeners.